Welcome to a Meaningful Mess podcast. I'm Andy McNair, author, speaker, and passionate educator that believes in the generation of learners that sit in today's classrooms. I believe that every learner deserves an opportunity to pursue their passions during the school day and that real change will come when we begin to see school as an experience instead of a place. You guys are in for such a treat today. On today's episode, Jamie Donnelly shares augmented, virtual, and mixed reality and explains how we can use these tools in our classrooms to create meaningful experiences for today's learners. Before we get started, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Jamie and the work that she does. Jamie Donnelly is a passionate technology enthusiast. She began her career as a math teacher and later moved into instructional technology. Her desire to build relationships has brought about opportunities to collaborate with students and educators all over the world. She provides staff development and training on immersive technology as an ed tech consultant. Her latest adventures include the launch of Global Maker Day and the ARVR in EDU community events and presentations. She works as an author and speaker to provide practical use of augmented and virtual reality in the classroom. So let's dive in and learn together as we explore AR VR in the classroom. Here we go. Well, hey, Jamie Donnelly, how are you? Hi, doing well. Glad to be here. Yeah, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. For my listeners and those of you that know me well, you know that I talk about Jamie Donnelly all the time. Anytime I share (laughs) augmented and virtual reality, I'm like, you have got to reach out to Jamie Donnelly. She is the guru. Oh, um, so tell us a little bit for people who don't know what you do. And I know so many people do, but tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do it. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think a lot of people hopefully don't think that um, I do AR like, you know, library reading books, accelerated <laughs> reader. I think that was the case for a long time and people started leaving my session and they're like, oh, I think I'm in the wrong session. Um, but <laughs> AR being augmented reality, VR, virtual reality, and then also talking a lot about mixed reality, Um, although we just kind of pretty much put that under the umbrella of augmented reality as well, but um, really passionate about immersive technology in the classroom. There's so much out there, but at the end of the day, where my passion really is thriving is how does this relate in our classroom in a practical way, something that we could bring into our classroom without being a tech guru, without um, having to go out and purchase big kits, but just really bringing in the tools that are easy to use. Somebody could jump into it without requiring them to have a lot of background knowledge and using the tools that they already have available. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I love most about hearing you share and um just when, when I talk to you or when you're sharing in a session that it's so practical and that it doesn't have to be that big, expensive experience. Um, it doesn't have to be all of the fancy equipment. I think that's huge. And something that I think oftentimes when teachers hear augmented and virtual reality, they automatically see dollar signs. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of dollar signs out there. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and I think that's where the practical comes in. There's going to be times where investing money maybe in your infrastructure and your network. Um, it could even be with the staff that you have on hand, you know, the training that you're going to get along the way. There's definitely some practical ways of improving technology in general, um, but it doesn't mean every way that's out there is the right way. And oftentimes it kind of takes those angles of 
how to bring this into the classroom with it not being super expensive, that's not really going to make a company thrive. So you're going to hear a lot of pushes and um, ideas and, and gearing things in a way that maybe isn't most helpful for a classroom. So I try to, you know, one, be a voice for the educator, talk to these companies as well as getting the feedback from educators and bringing that back to the table and saying, this is a great concept, but, you know, many of our classrooms are using Chromebooks now. What are you doing to help resolve that? Or, you know, this is a great concept, but many of our classrooms don't aren't one-to-one, you know? So what exactly can they do with this group work and collaborative work that's going to help this kind of technology thrive in a classroom? So I think it's great because we have classrooms all over the board, all over the spectrum, some that have tons of money, great budgets, uh, lots of grant money coming in and, and opportunities, which is great. I still don't recommend those big old kits. I still think that there's more dilemma than just money um, that they'll run into. But at the end of the day, there's some very good high quality um, devices and technologies that they could purchase that will really allow the students to do AR, VR in a meaningful way and beyond AR, VR. You know, buying something just for AR, VR is not a great plan either. So really looking beyond that and identifying how to support that child and their learning in general. I love it. So what is the difference? So for somebody who's just now learning about AR, VR, augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, what is the difference? So what's the difference between augmented reality and virtual reality? And then how does mixed reality play into those things? Sure. So augmented reality takes concepts like, um, you know, Pokemon Go, where you see something there on your screen that's not really there, gives these illusions. It uses your real world through your camera, sees your real world, but in addition, it layers something digital on top. Um, So if I'm looking inside of my space and I want to view the solar system, I can then see in my classroom through my camera, through my device, I could see the solar system rotating around and I could see um, the sun there in the center and I'm going to see the planets there rotating around. And so you see all this happening in your space. That's augmented reality. Uh, It might be tied to an image. It might be tied to something similar like a QR code, which is similar to like a barcode. Um, so it will be basically placed in a spot in your room tied to something so it knows where to be located. Um, in addition, virtual reality, um, we can see that completely digital. So if I were to see the solar system, I'm actually standing in the middle of the solar system. So instead of it actually sitting in my classroom, I'm now walking, you know, or exploring around the solar system and, um, seeing what that looks like. A lot of people think they have to have a VR, head, a VR headset. Um, many times I, I rarely use a VR headset. There are occasions that I do, but not always, and it's not required. So um, that kind of alleviates that problem of you know making a purchase or what do I do if I only have iPads as opposed to a device that will fit into a viewer. Um, so there are those situations where everything's now digital and VR. Everything I look around, I'm no longer seeing my real world um, inside of my view. Now, when we're talking about mixed reality, we're really taking the concept of augmented reality and we've taken it to that next level. It's um, interacting in our space. So it's identifying our space, scanning our space to know where to place things. So the solar system, 
won't, you know, um, go outside of my door, won't go outside of my window. It's not going to be, you know, looking strange because uh, it's now up against my wall, you know, where that's impossible. That's obviously not in my space anymore. It makes it look more realistic. It's going to pl- it's going to identify where the floor is. It's going to see where a wall is. Um, it actually takes into account with lighting. It's also pulling together some additional technologies like artificial intelligence um, so that your interactions are more realistic and even using gestures uh, in the future that it's going to tie together these experiences and making things feel like they're actually there. So um, the mixed reality is taking the concept of augmented reality and, and really just taking that to the next level of making it feel much more real and um, interactive. Oh my gosh, that's crazy cool. Uh, So, you know, on the podcast, I talk a lot about designing experiences in the classroom. And I believe that when our learners experience learning rather than simply going to school, that learning will become more meaningful and real, which results in engagement and empowerment, which is what we're aiming for, right? So Mm -hmm. how can augmented reality and virtual reality be used to design an experience? Sure, yeah. So... I think that where AR and VR, all immersive technology is really hitting home in our classrooms is allowing us to do the things that are impossible to do without that technology. Meaning, um, you know, we can show pictures of Mars. We can potentially show videos of what we think Mars will look like, what it, you know, what imagery we may have. Um, and we may give different experiences about Mars that we can put into play. However, giving us a chance to walk on Mars and be able to encounter what it's like to walk on the moon and to explore on the moon and walk around it and see what, um, the, you know, what I'm walking on, have those encounters on Mars. They give me this illusion either that I'm there Um, that I'm having interactions there, that those types of experiences are going to impact us so much more than seeing it on a piece of paper, somebody else telling me about it, or even just seeing a video on it. So we're really taking what technology maybe did for us back when we put in, you know, a VCR into a classroom. But now we're making it personalized for our students because many times our students are saying, you know, my interest is here. You're, you know, you're all about genius hour and, you know, for you to identify what is really important for our students. Well, the same thing applies when we're talking about, you know, immersive technology, this personalized experience, what I'm looking at, what I'm exploring is determined by what is interesting to me, what I need more of, what I'm really excited about. Whereas watching a video, I'm only looking at what they believe I should be watching. Um, When I'm looking at a page, I'm only seeing what they want me to see. And that's what I love about immersive technology is we're giving that back to our kids. We're empowering them to go and explore learning in a way that suits their needs, in a way that they prefer, in a way that's personalized, that supports them as individuals. Yeah, and I think it really does take it to that experience level. You know, the definition of an activity is something that someone or a group does And the definition of an experience is something that leaves an impression on someone. And so Mm -hmm. I think really what we're aiming to do is leave an impression. And that is really what some of these things that you're talking about, that's what happens is it 
takes the learning and it creates an experience that, like you said, is personalized. Um, it gives them an opportunity to really make connections so that it leaves that impression that we need it to leave for that learning to be real. Absolutely. And I think oftentimes I, I share a lot about getting up and actively moving as well and being engaged um, physically in our learning. I think that plays a big account into what we're retaining, not just in memory, but also, you know, just just physically being actively engaged is something we should all aim for in our classrooms and uh, being able to get up and move around in a space and be active in that space because we're drawn to it from these experiences because we feel like we're engaged in an activity that makes us want to get up and move around. You know, how many times do we have teachers get our kids up and and we're learning our vocabulary words by, you know, doing these movements. Well, now we actually have these experiences that are getting our students up and they're wanting to be engaged. You know, I think Pokemon Go phenomenon was there is that people were getting up and wanting to go find these, you know, characters. Mm-hmm. So when you're seeing that there's interest by the students to want to go out and do that, that should really raise our attention up to what is this also bringing to the table now is there caution? Absolutely. There's caution there. Nothing should be used in excess, just like any technology. Um, but I also think there's lots of opportunity, so we don't squash it either. So there's something to be said about how powerful it is. But there's also something to be said about how powerful it is. So, um, you know, we can look at it from both viewpoints and, and really look and evaluate how that should play out in our classrooms. Yeah, that's a good point. And as you were talking about kids getting up, I can think of two tools in particular that you've shared with me and shown me. And I know these are, um, when I show them to teachers so many times, they're like, oh my goodness. And I know there's so many other things going on right now that we can talk about and you can share. But a couple of tools that I want you to share with the audience, definitely. First of all, talk a little bit about catchy words. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so catchy words they are. I know um, I didn't give, I discredited this app right off the bat, thinking this is kind of like a um, hangman in your space. And I thought, well, that's kind of fun, fun little game. So I played it. And um, basically what you have to do is grab your device and you're through your device, you're walking around and there's letters kind of floating around in your space. You have to grab the letters with your device and then place them into a box and you have to correctly spell a word. Um, You don't know what that word is. And now they have the option for you to go in and customize what that word is. So I can type in vocabulary word, um, spelling word, whatever that might be. And then I can then find those letters and place them into the right order and space um, all as I'm walking around my classroom. Well, my daughter, um, who's 10 years old, has dyslexia and um, has really struggled with spelling. And Mm -hmm. this was something for her that I've done everything wrong, you know? All right, do that this time, this many times. Now write it out this many times. Okay, are you po- focused? Pay attention. Stop looking around, you know? It's just <laughs> like I, I, being the great mom that I was, was telling her that it was all her fault that she's struggling and fix it. And so then I, it came to my mind that this app that came out, why don't you try this? And it took her forever. I mean, she was looking at those letters as they were twisted and turned in the space and it was taking her forever to go grab it and then pull it down in the right space. And I'm just sitting there just biting my nails off because I'm just like, this is, this is crazy. Why is this taking her so long? (laughs) 
And then she finally finished it. And then I asked her how to spell the word. And she immediately told me. Wow. I asked her later. She immediately told me. I asked her several days later. She immediately told me. She retained that for the long term. And I think there are a couple things going on, like we were talking about, is that physically she was getting up. She was moving. And I think when we get our kids active in their learning, physically like that, that they're going to retain more. But then two is that was really hard and challenging for her brain to see those letters twisted and turned like that took a lot of work. And when your brain has to work hard, it does not want to have to do it again. So when we're putting this opportunity in our students' hands to actually challenge their brains, they're no longer just memorizing something for the short term to get by for a test. They're now storing that in long-term memory because their brains don't want to have to work that hard again. So for her to retain that for the long term was really eye-opening to me because it really took a lot of focus, a lot of attention. But despite the way I used to do it, say it this many times, say it that many times, are you paying attention? Are you focused? Are you listening? Stop looking over there. In this activity, I never once had to get onto her. Mm-hmm. She was challenged by this. She took on that challenge and she enjoyed the challenge. So because of that, I think that I, one, definitely discredited this app before I gave it a chance and then recognized how powerful it was and for our students to learn in that way. So Catchy Words AR is a great one. It's free. They're hearing a lot of feedback and they're making changes. And I think that they have some great things ahead. Yeah, I think about myself when I had to study for spelling words and I'm thinking, why was that not for spelling tests? And I think, why was that not around when I was a kid? It would have been so cool. We could have never imagined that this would be happening right now. No, I know. Um, And then I think another one that you showed me a a while back is Figment AR. And I'm just a huge fan of the whole idea of creating portals in the classroom. Um, Mm -hmm. I always say that, you know, we have a generation of kids whose attention span is eight seconds. And I tell teachers all the time that, hey, if you can tell them in those first eight seconds, there are portals in the classroom, they're going to think one of two things, right? They're going to think either my teacher's lost it and I'm here to see it, (laughs) or there's portals in the classroom and I'm here to see it. So talk a little bit about Figment AR and how Mm -hmm. we can use that in the classroom to um, really give our kids, I think, a virtual experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, typically in virtual reality, we're telling our kids to go in through this experience, go put on a headset. Okay, now go back out. Now tap this, do this. Uh, Then go back into this VR experience and then come back out, go back in, come back out. And what I like about Figment AR and other AR portal apps out there is it allows our students to walk into these experiences inside of their real space. So you'll see a window appear in your the center of your classroom. And as you walk your device up closer to that window, you'll see that you can walk through the window and all of a sudden now be in a 360 experience. So this virtual reality that we might put on through a headset in AR portals, you're actually placing those 360s all around your classroom and your students can walk in and out and in and out and go into these different 360 environments. And what I like about that is one, it's seamless. It works in our space. It's something that is a lot less disconnected and disruptive to putting on a headset, taking it back off. Mm -hmm. Um, But two is I think we have the opportunity to explore learning in a way that's, um, again, more realistic. I'm talking to you about Argentina. And as I'm describing Argentina, I'm going to talk to you about the clothing of Argentina. Let's walk through this AR portal and let's go see what those stores would look like as you go and shop for clothing. And then we're going to walk back out and then we're going to see another AR portal. 
and we're going to walk in and see what their foods are like. What does a re- typical restaurant look like? What type of foods would they eat? And I'm seeing this happen. I could see this in live as a, a 360 video. I can see this as an image, a 360 image, a still image. Um, but either way, I'm walking in and out of these scenes and exploring Argentina in a way that I could not do. If you were just showing me a video, um, I would be focused on something maybe that I would not be focused on as I have a chance to explore those spaces and personalize that for myself. So, um, and in our live space, we can have the animals that you might find in Argentina, uh, the, you know, whatever the type of environment that you might see all around in my space as well, all adding in those augmented reality features as well. So we are definitely not limited by what we can expose our students to. And those experiences are very, very needed. But I definitely see um, an interest and I've always seen an interest that experiences aren't what we can be stuck on either. We need to be the creators of content. Our students need the, to be the ones that are creating these um, experiences for others in the future. So creating mm-hmm. your own virtual reality tours, creating your own augmented reality portals, your own experiences, those are all going to be, they all are available to our students today. And it's just exciting to see our students step up to the challenge and, and bring that back for other students to enjoy. Yeah. So I think about even, you know, when you're studying geometry and when you're having your students look at geometric shapes, I remember learning those on a worksheet. (laughs) And then sometimes when I would see them in real life, I wouldn't make that connection. But I think about when you were talking about kids producing content and actually creating these spaces, how cool it would be to, you know, give the kids a shape and tell them they have to go find that in a, you know, 360 image and they have to create the portals and maybe other students walk through those portals and have to guess which shape was theirs or whatever that looks like. And then even, you know, urban and rural, if you're teaching younger students and you want them to actually experience what that is, I think one of the big powerful things about virtual reality in particular is that we have the potential to really take our students anywhere. And I can remember when I was in the classroom, I had so many students that had never left our area, right? I mean, all they knew was what was right around them, literally. And so to get to experience something beyond our community was powerful. And it was something that they were going to remember and it was going to go into their long-term memory. So I love that whole concept of them creating the content and producing using augmented and virtual reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have a book that came out in April called Learning Transported. And I had went to several conferences and was excited to share ARVRA teachers that were like, yes, this is great. Next year, come back. Hey, did you get to use any? Oh, I didn't even know where to start. You know, they really needed that, not just the foundation of what this is and what it can do, but they needed it just laid out in lesson plans. And you were mentioning geometric shapes and understanding that concept in real, in our real lives. And part of um, the lessons were also including geometric shapes. So talking a little bit more for the elementary level, um, I used the the tool co-spaces and them going in and and recreating these 3D shapes in this space, in this virtual reality space. Now, I will tell you that co-spaces does so much more than that. I mean, all these tools really can be used in many more ways, but they're, you know, the 
the fact that these tools exist is pretty powerful. My daughter is a sophomore in high school, my oldest daughter, and she is just, I mean, she is struggling and she's doing well in school and everything. But when it comes to understanding three-dimensional shapes and seeing it on a flat sheet of paper, mm-hmm. she just cannot, you know, that spatial reasoning is just not there. She doesn't quite understand how to manipulate that in her mind. She loved algebra. I was quite the opposite. Did not a fan of algebra. <laughs> loved geometry. So I'm like, why don't you get this, you know? Um, but I had shown an app. I uh, was working with a company called Shapes 3D and was um, l- discussing how to use this in the classroom, you know, d- basically just going through their product and, and just getting a good grip. And she saw a video that I put out and she's like, mom, this is great. I need this. You know, she was so adamant on how she needed to learn something like this. And she actually used an app called shapes 3d, but she, she was able to see those shapes in a merge cube. So the concept of those merge cubes that are floating around, you may have heard about them, uh, very popular right now. And she was able then to look at those 3D shapes inside of a merge cube. And um, one of the biggest issues many people face when they're in geometry is um, basically seeing the cross sections that you can apply inside Mm. of a shape. And that is like, you know, for her to not even understand that three-dimensional shape in her mind, but then now you're going to cross and cut it and what would it be inside And she was just like, this is just so out, you know, so to be able to see something like that and to be able to manipulate something like that and, and to be able to rotate it around and see in this now three dimensional space was really for her, um, a a change from what she typically learns in a classroom. So what a powerful way for our kids to understand concepts. Um, we just, there's so many tools. I love sharing them. I, I usually share those generic, this applies to everybody. But when I get those specific questions, like this is exactly what I'm looking for, I love it because there are some amazing tools out there that are really honing in on individual skills that those students need to have. Yeah, you know, at FETC and TCEA, two big tech conferences that you and I were both at and got to hang out, which was super fun. Merge cubes were everywhere. It was what everyone (laughs) was talking about. So tell us, and I was actually, this is funny, I was actually at... um, a school not too long ago and we had merge cubes and we were showing the kids and so many of them were like, we need this in our classroom. Like, what is this? It just blows their mind. So tell us a little bit about merge cubes, how you can get them for your classroom and, and kind of a little bit more about what they do. Yeah. The merge cubes are basically like, you know, a cube with QR codes all around it. So there are several different developers out there, including merges own apps. People make apps and when it, scans the cube it knows where to place these different 3d objects or experiences so as i rotate around the cube whatever that experience it is it also rotates around so it's like i'm holding this hologram in my hand as a matter of fact that's originally the way that they described it before they actually gave it the name of merge cubes so um they basically have amazing developers out there that have partnered up to make these merge cube apps. Um, the merge cubes are so affordable. They're $14.99. Um, you can get educational discounts of that 20% off. They are just flying off the shelves. And originally um, they weren't, they were kind of stuck at Walmart. People didn't realize what they're <laughs> missing out on. And, you know, Walmart has a limit on how long they can, uh, they have a shelf life limit. I believe it's three months. And so once it hit that time frame, 
they had to, you know, go on clearance and they were being sold for cheap, you know, $5, $1, sometimes even a quarter. Um, <laughs> and crazy. they were just trying to get them off their shelves. And my understanding is even merge went back and rebought them because it cost more money to reproduce, you know, mm-hmm. so they were going and grabbing as many as they could too. And at the end of the day, the great part about it all is the fact that, you know, a lot of people got their hands on it. it I think it really started the enthusiasm. It needed to happen for people to be aware of what they did. Yeah. Um, and then now you're never going to find them for that price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're <True>. gone. <laughs> um, but despite that, people are now recognizing how affordable it is to bring a tool like that. And you don't have to have the latest device to run those types of technologies. It's a great bridge to bring in new technology using Mm -hmm. older devices. I just tried something last night for the first time um, where I took my husband's HP NB laptop and I used an IPVO um, monitor, excuse me, document camera. Mm -hmm. And I downloaded the app because Microsoft just released this at the Bet Show recently. And uh, they are partnering up now with Merge where they've let three apps out there on the computer. I was able then to view through the document Mm, camera, the Merge Cube, and bring something like that. So looking ahead at Chromebooks and looking at what that means for our classrooms across the board, even those that don't have the right devices um, to do typical AR, VR stuff, we're now seeing a bridge there. So uh, it it was really cool to see it on the laptop. Yeah, I know that's what a lot of teachers are waiting for, that big yeah. moment when Chromebooks. <laughs> oh, it's coming. When you're able to do this with Chromebooks, because, you know, so many districts, that's what they're using right now is they have Chromebooks and they want to know, like, what does this look like if we don't have mobile devices um, yeah. like iPads or, or phones in our Well, and I'm room. telling them to go out and buy mobile devices. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go out and get the iPads. Make but it happen. <laughs> at the same time, I'm also talking to companies that are now doing some amazing technology all in the browser. Yeah. So we're um, looking at WebXR. So WebXR is something that um, companies are starting to invest into. They're creating immersive experiences all in your browser. So forget about having an old device. You then can take this WebXR browser and then be able to go in and have these experiences without ever downloading an app. It's just all through your camera, mm-hmm. through the browser. That's oh, going to be a huge game changer for our classrooms because that's when we're going to start seeing it apply to all of our classrooms. You don't have to be up to date on your device. You don't have to have the latest and greatest. You don't have to pay for a big bundle. Now we see this really hitting home for all of our students. Oh, that's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good mm-hmm. day when that happens. Okay, Definitely. so I know this is going to be a super hard question, but I'm going to ask <laughs> it. If you had to choose one AR VR tool, just one, that can be used in the classroom that every teacher must know about, what would it be and why? So I never am able to answer that question. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> so maybe, no, I'm going to make you choose. I think you should choose one. <laughs> okay. Well, and I'm going to tell you why, because um, it really depends on the classroom. I don't okay. think I ever have one tool point. that everybody should have, um, but it really depends on what you're trying to get out of this. What are your goals in using AR, VR? Because if you're using it just for the cool factor, then you're not going to have the success that you should. Yes. And it's not going to be something that's meaningful in your classroom. So Um, I think that the main goal is really evaluating where are your students struggling. And if you can see where their biggest struggles are, that's the tools you should be trying to find. Yep. Who is, what tools are going to help me bridge this area of difficulty? Um, And then, bam, I can give you a lot of resources. I can say, (laughs) okay, we'll try this one, that one, that one. 
But I think oftentimes when I get that question, I'm always going to kind of give a pushback, not to the person or people, but I also want to emphasize that when you're going into any technology, including AR, VR, we kind of forget why we're doing what we're doing and it, we just get caught up into how amazing it is, but that is often why it gets a bad name. So really addressing, you know, what is the needs of our, my classroom? What do I want to gain from this? What is our goals and using this technology and then from there, I think there's some, there's some great stuff out there. Yes, that's a perfect. Okay, I won't make you choose one because that was the full <laughs> answer. <laughs> um, I think that that's so true. And I think some of the, you know, working with technology and, you know, living in that ed tech world and having those conversations with teachers, they get so much technology thrown at them. Mm-hmm. And so really trying to figure out what is meaningful and what isn't can mm-hmm. sometimes get really difficult. And so I always say, you know, I think meaningful technology should do three things, help, you know, the students make connections, help, you know, deepen their understanding and then engage and empower them. And I think that you're exactly right. AR, VR tools, you know, different ones will do that for different learners. Mm-hmm. Um, one tool may work for one learner while another may work for another. And I think that was, man, a perfect answer. I absolutely love it. Very <laughs> cool. Uh, you win. I won't make you choose one. <laughs> Thank um, you. So I guess in wrapping up, I just want to know, Jamie, is there anything else that you would like to share about augmented reality, virtual reality that maybe we didn't discuss? Yeah, well, um, depending on when this podcast goes out, um, <laughs> I am doing a really cool event in March called 31 Days of AR, VR, and EDU, where every day I'm going to have a blog post going out from my website at arvrandedu.com. And um, from there, I'm going to post every day a different AR VR tool. And it will really just be something that's just kind of getting you jumping in, exposure. Those people that have been using it, maybe getting more broadening what they know. Those people that are just getting started, giving, you know, really a hint towards how to use these. Because typically what I do is I share. Um, but I don't really go into much depth of how to use it or I don't go into a whole lot of depth because typically I'm just sharing a lot mm-hmm. trying to get out. Hopefully a few of these really resonate with you and you can jump into them. But the best part about, you know, using the blog is that I can highlight it um, and show a little video, show a picture, but then also have some of the content as to how to use this and what to do to get started and um, just building that piece of content for the month of March. It's going to be crazy. So March 1st, it will begin. Everybody that's subscribed at my website will get notified every day of the different tools and they can jump into the things that are applicable for them. And uh, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited. I actually do subscribe to your website. So I'm excited (laughs) to be a part of this. And um, this this podcast will go out before then. So this would be a great thing for the listeners to participate in and to check out, especially those people that are wanting to dive a little deeper, learn a little more, perfect opportunity. And I would definitely suggest subscribing to Jamie's email list because there's just always good content coming out, um, the latest and greatest. It's just fun to kind of keep up. So I want to say thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast. And if you don't mind, tell our listeners how they can find you to sure. learn even more about augmented and virtual reality in the classroom. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. And I do subscribe to you as well, Andy. <laughs> Love what you do. Um, and I can be found at arvrinedu.com, arvrinedu.com. And I'm also on lots of social media channels, but my name mm-hmm. is spelled so funky. So uh, Jamie Donnelly, it's J-A-I-M-E, and then D-O-N-A-L-L-Y. 
And uh, you could definitely find me pretty much by spelling my name correctly <laughs> because nobody else <laughs> Which is crazy is tricky. enough to it's tricky. Like um, But anyways, yeah, so there's lots of different social media channels to get connected with. I think predominantly I'm on Twitter. So if you want to get in touch or have ideas or things you're doing that are incredible, I love sharing that out with the community. It's always great to hear practical ways of using this technology in the classroom. Oh, so cool. And I'll actually share all of your information, how they can connect with you, um, all of the cool things you have coming up. If you'll just go to my website at andymcnair.com and click on podcasts, you'll be able to find episode six and I'll have all of Jamie's information there. So very, very cool. Jamie, I just want to say I am so thankful for our friendship. I am so thankful for the work that you're doing to help educators design meaningful experiences using augmented and virtual reality in the classroom. Uh, you're just doing such cool work. I am. It's so fun to watch you and see what you're doing. You guys definitely have to check out Learning Transported. You can find that on Amazon. And again, you can find all of that information over on my website. So Jamie, thank you again so very much for being a part of the podcast. I can't wait to see what you're going to share and what you're going to do next. Thank you so much, Andy. I'm so honored to be a part of it. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. How fun was that? Jamie shared so many cool ideas and practical ways to implement ARVR into any classroom. Remember to find her on Twitter at Jamie Donnelly and check out her website, ARVRNEDU. If you want to connect or learn more about A Meaningful Mess, you can follow me on Twitter at McNairAN3 or check out my website at andymcnair.com. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider leaving a review, subscribe, and share with your friends. Take some time to reflect on what you've learned. And remember, if what you're doing in the classroom isn't meaningful for your learners, it's a waste of your time and theirs.